Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon on the air with you here on a Thursday. Getting ever so close to football season. Preseason week number two. Full slate of games this weekend starts tonight. The Packers will be in action Tomorrow we'll have the call with Mitch Holtis on the Kansas City Chiefs and their matchup as they're at Atlanta. That'll be a 6 o'clock kickoff, 5 o'clock with the pregame tomorrow here on 1700. Bears, Vikings, they both play on Saturday. Certainly looking forward to that. And uh, a big afternoon coming your way locally too. That Grandview Little League squad, they're going to get going here in just a couple of hours and we'll keep you up to date all throughout the day on 1700 is how the young Youngsters from the east side are doing, but we're going to kick off the program. We're going to go out to the road. Ken Miller is making his way back to the state of Iowa, but hanging out in the airport here today. Ken, what's going on? Oh, nothing, Trent. Uh, three flights down, one to go. And my uh, own airport waiting to board the southwest to uh, Des Moines, and you going to land about 4.30, so glad to be getting home. Yes, it's always nice when you get home, and regardless of how good a trip is, there's just something something special about being able to sleep in your own bed and, and get back into the routine of things. And you're very much a routine kind of guy. Yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> that, uh, that's very accurate, right? Guilty as charged. And, uh, you know, we got football tonight. got a little baseball tonight. John Lester on the mound for the Cubbies, sporting an 8.65 ERA in his last seven starts, but everything's fine. Nothing to worry about, according to his skipper. Uh, we'll see as they uh, they need a big start out of their ace tonight. He hasn't been able to provide him that since before the All-Star break, so perhaps he's due, or perhaps there's something more ominous going on with John Lester. Yeah, I haven't seen you know anything in terms of velocity or spin rate that they're at least significantly different than they were during that ridiculously good first half that he had, but... Something's off. Something is different here. And if it's a case where he gets roughed up again tonight against Pittsburgh, I think at the very least you shut him down. You skip a start. You you try to do something to jumpstart the guy that that really, I mean, he led this pitching staff in the first half of the year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Trent. I mean, he was a Cy Young candidate. If you, you know think back going into the break and we were identifying some of the guys in the National League that were off to a great start and would be in that conversation. I think he was probably at the top of your list. He was certainly at the top of mine. Uh, but, and he didn't pitch in the All-Star game. I mean, he pitched Sunday going into the break. Uh, he showed up for the festivities, but uh, didn't throw a baseball. But has not been the same guy. Uh, the Cole Hamels acquisition looks like a brilliant move at this point. He's been terrific. Hendricks gave up some runs yesterday, but he's been a lot better. Uh, Quintana sucks. Uh, he has not been good. I don't care uh, how Cappy tries to although I think he's a little bit down on him. Um, so, so we'll see. There's certainly some question marks. But look, they're, they're in first place. They have the best record in the National League. At least they did 
um, going into last night. I believe they still did because they won, so I don't know how they would relinquish that. But they're, they're still going to make the playoffs in, in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Brewers team won't go away. Pirates and the Cardinals are playing well, but the Cubs have more talent on their roster. But starting pitching, especially at the top of that lineup, is starting to become a little bit of an issue. Well, and you mentioned the Cardinals, and they just continue to find ways to win games. When is, what is the time that Cub fans need to take a look in that rearview mirror and be concerned with the Cardinals? Well, you know, Chad, it's a great point. I mean, uh, since Matheny was fired, this is a different baseball team. Yeah. And I don't know if it was, you know, that they just needed a different voice or whatever reason. They weren't playing for this guy. Look, they've been fortunate to be up against a real bad bullpen the last couple of nights. And, um, but the Cardinals, to their credit, they've been able to take advantage of this. The big hits and the big long ball that they continue to get um, from their guys just especially in this last two or three weeks, they've been on fire, Trent. And, you know, death taxes and the Cardinals in the playoffs, not saying they're going to make the playoffs this year, but that's certainly been the accurate over the last decade. They are a tough, tough out. And a team that's going to go, go in a different direction with their supposed ace coming in the year, Carlos Martinez, when he's back ready after yet another injury, throwing him down in the bullpen. That, that one mm. certainly struck me as very odd. No, you're right, but maybe that's uh, you know that's all they can get. They'd have to settle for that, and that certainly seems like what they're doing. Yeah, I'm with you. I love this kid, uh, but there's something off there, obviously, with the DL time that he spent. And um, if you're a Cubs fan, you're maybe you dodged a bullet here because this this card this Cardinal team they're tough. Mm-hmm. They are, they are. They just keep coming at you, and oh, they keep winning games. And with it, uh, throwing dirt on the uh, on the pile that is the Washington Nationals with a couple more wins. And uh, speaking of baseball last night, Ken, the big national story is what mm-hmm. happened with Ronald Acuna. And we've, you know, we've mentioned him a couple of different times. Yep. I've, I've been keeping a close eye on him because, well, he's on my fantasy team. So that, that's a piece of it. He has been so incredibly hot. And the first pitch from Jose Arena up, comes up, gets him on the elbow, benches clear. Where, where did you sit? Because you know what happens on Twitter. I mean, that, that boulder starts down the hill, and there is no stopping it. And, I mean, there were people that wanted to they wanted to see blood with Jose Arena last night. Yeah, they did. I mean, Oberman asked for, I think, wanted to suspend it for a full year, not just the rest of the year, a full year. And, look, uh, he's baseball, one of baseball's young, bright stars. I, I, I don't get it, Trent. Um, I really don't. You know, maybe in the 70s and the 80s, that's how the game used to be played. And I'm not saying it was right when the game, the, the way they played it in the 70s and the 80s, but I thought it was Bushley. I really did. It was a purpose pitch, and a, and a pitch that, quite honestly, could have taken a guy out. Look, he didn't hit him in his head. He didn't beat him. He didn't hit him in the head. But he, how many times have we seen guys get hit in the wrist or a small bone in the hand gets fractured, and they spend significant time on the disabled list? So I thought it was a real Bushley move. I haven't heard Mattingly. Have you seen any quotes from Mattingly? Because I have to assume that there were a lot of Marlins players caught off guard by what their starting pitcher did. Uh, so I, I would love to see some Mattingly quotes, and uh, maybe I'll find some time to dig some up, unless you've seen anything, because I haven't. I, I did. I, well, I heard him last night. He was talking about it. They had a short clip from him on SportsCenter or Baseball Tonight last night. And uh, he, he put it, I, I don't think he was real pleased with his starting pitcher. Good. That's how I heard it. He wasn't going to throw him under the bus, and, and mm-hmm. from a manager's perspective, with the young guy that you know, Urena himself is a really talented guy. I mean, he, he's a guy that 
he's pitching for the Marlins, but he's a guy that might turn into a, a solid number four, you know, pitcher down the road for, you know, for a pretty good team. You don't want to get in trouble there, but you could tell that Mattingly was upset by it. I think he was upset, kind of the whole nature of the way everything went down. You just you can't play the game that way. First pitch no. of the game, you know exactly what it was. He's not a guy that's incredibly wild or anything like that. It's you said it. It's bush league, and, and in today's environment, there's just no place for it in baseball anymore. The, the old stodgy nature of baseball, boy, it has to change. No, it really does. I mean, the, the world's changing around us, right? And sports need to do the same in a lot of ways, and that was a, that's one example of it. Look, I think that they're cleaning up football. I mean, um, the, the, what was the segment that sports said you come home? Jacked up. Jacked up, right? yeah. Jacked up has gone the way of the Dodo Bird now because those hits, well, they're fun to watch, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I certainly plead guilty to that. It was, it was appointment television for me. I wanted to watch Jacked Up. You don't do that anymore because they want the violent hits out of the game. Hockey has changed. There's no more goons. Fighting in hockey is going away. And I think for the best, and that one really hurt me to say that, but I think it's for the betterment of the game that that's going on. Baseball needs to keep up with the times, too. I don't get why a starting pitcher would try and take out a guy just because he's having a good series or he's having, you know, he's in one of those zones where everything he hits He's got liable to leave the ballpark or fall in the right area. Sports has to change. A lot of them are. Maybe baseball will be next. Speaking of baseball, Ken, uh, the Eastsiders get going here in a little less than two hours at the Little League World Series. You Are you into the Little League World Series? You know, I went out there a couple of years ago and provided mm-hmm. some reports. Do, do you get into this every year? Is it something that excites you or eh, put it in the back burner? You know, Trent, not really, um, and, and maybe it's just because I didn't grow up here, so I don't really know if I would have played against Grandview or one of the, you know, one of the teams that's represented uh, Iowa or Central Iowa in the past. Then maybe more so, I would have been, um, you know, followed it more closely. But look, it's um, it's, it's the kids are having a blast. I've certainly spent, you know, a number of Sundays watching the Little League Championship and just overwhelmed by, you know, whatever team from Asia or China is, is, is representing the international squad and how good they are and a lot of times how big they are. <laughs> uh, but it's just something that, um, you know, I've got, there's only room for so many things. That one, unfortunately, uh, doesn't move to the top of my list. It is for me. It was uh, one of my favorite experiences is going out there and, and being able to cover that. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing the young team out there from Iowa. Got to call their game, the state championship game, as they were taking on a squad from Sioux City and that one for uh, TV on Mediacom. And, and it's just uh, it's something it's different. And as we await football, we're excited about tonight. We'll get to see the Packers again. That's good news. Mm-hmm. Something uh, a little different throughout the summer. I- I'm okay with that from time to time. We'll get that and uh, keep you updated with it. Coming up here, 2 o'clock will be the first pitch up estimated in that matchup. So football, you mentioned it, Ken, tonight. Green Bay Packers, what are you looking to see out of the pack this evening in their matchup? Well, I'm going to see them for the first time, Trent, because I didn't watch. Who did they play? Was it Tennessee they played earlier yes. in the last week? Yep. I didn't watch hardly maybe three or four plays. Uh, there, must, there must have been another game of one of the local teams that um, had me glued. So I'm going to. I'm, I'm anxious to see this Packer team. Obviously, there's a lot of former Hawkeyes on there. Not sure how many are going to play tonight, but it'd be good to see Josh Jackson getting his opportunity, maybe to you know play some significant minutes. But look, the Packers are one of the four teams that uh, move our needle locally, 
Uh, they've got a really good local fan base, maybe the game's best quarterback. Uh, and I don't think he'll probably play tonight, but it'll be good to get Brett Hundley some reps. And I want to see the Packers play because there's a lot of folks, I'm not one of them, to think that this is the team that's going to give the Vikings fits this year. I still think there's too much talent on Minnesota. Um, Aaron Rodgers can only carry a team so far, and he's great. Don't get me wrong. But I want to see this Packer team because I'm not one that's buying into this. Green Bay is the team that's going to you know, strike the fear of God in Vikings fans. Not this year. Don't see it. You know, I, I do like what they've done the last couple of drafts with some of the young guys. I, I thought Kenny Clark had a nice season last year as a young guy. But the injuries that, that have cropped up. and Every year. Daniels is ha- dang, banged up. Nick Perry. Was it Jake Ryan? He's out for the year, right? Uh, yep. Inside. Kevin King, I know, is back, banged up after I thought he had a nice well, initial foray last season. Mm-hmm. And the depth of the team. And that's why, – why is Green Bay this way? Seemingly all the time. They had – you go back to the Super Bowl years of Favre and the Super Bowl year with Aaron Rodgers. They had a lot of good luck in those seasons with injuries. Why can't Green Bay create the same kind of depth we see well, with a lot of other teams? It, it seems like it's always a problem for the Packers. It is. I mean, look, look at the offensive line uh, oh, yes. alignment that have taken a toll. Look at how they had to put a receiver running back, mm-hmm. you know, late last year or last year or two years ago, whatever it was. Um, I don't know. I mean, and the, and the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, gets, was it Anthony Barr that got him yes. last year? Um you know, and that was one of those plays till the echo of the whistle that I guess this year is going to be a foul. Last year it wasn't. I, I don't know, Trent. I, keep, is it law of averages again? Is, is it making up for those, you know, those three Super Bowls that they played in? The win over, uh, the win in New Orleans over New England, the loss to the Broncos, and then the, and then the uh, uh, Green Bay Super Bowl uh, with Rodgers that you mentioned. Maybe, maybe it's just catching up with them, but there's no doubt that this has been a team that has way, had way more their share of serious injuries. Devontae Adams, another guy, he's been very good the last two seasons. Yeah. Back-to-back years, a double-digit touchdowns, 75 catches, 74 over the last two seasons, and just shy of 1,000 yards each year. Is is there another level for Devontae Adams if he becomes that bonafide number one, that star guy that's out there catching 100 balls and has 1,400 yards and now instead of 10 touchdowns, he's got 15 do you think that level can ever be there for Devontae Adams? Because that seems like a bit of a stretch still to me. Well, don't forget, if he's going to be the guy, then he's going to get the other team's guy on defense. So mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll see. Look, as you mentioned, you threw out the stats. He's been terrific. He really has. Jordy Nelson's not there. Jimmy Graham is there. Aaron Rodgers, if he's healthy, if he gets time to throw the football, he can make a lot of guys look good, Trent. Yes. Let's be honest. So, I mean, if you're, if you're coming at this from a fantasy perspective, is there one more level there? Hard to say that I would bet on that, but he's been pretty consistent the last couple of years, and is going to be a uh, you know a guy that uh, that Rodgers and the offense are counting on. I was going the fantasy direction because I got, I got... <laughs> it was either fantasy or gambling. It had to be one of the two. <laughs> You're getting to know me well, Ken. Getting to know me very well. I was because they had that 29 hours or whatever of fantasy the other day on ESPN. I saw that. And I didn't see I didn't see all 29 hours. I don't think yeah. I saw 29 minutes. But I, I couldn't believe it. Well, I had it on here in the studio, and every time I'd look up and, you know, the rankings, they're constantly scrolling through. And I think they had Devontae Adams at, like, number six or seven, something like that. And, and I think even higher than that in PPR leagues. And I, I had to take a small step back because Devontae Adams doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me. 
No, nor me. I mean, if you're looking for a fantasy sleeper, uh, take the kid from uh, SMU that there's Denver draft in the second round, Sutton, Cortland Sutton, okay. who's going to be their number three guy. Uh, he's going to be their slot receiver by all accounts, and they're raving about this kid. I mean, raving about him. He's getting more love than Demarius Thomas and Sanders and certainly the tight ends, Jake Butt, who's you know, coming back from injury. But Cortland Sutton, if you're looking for a fantasy, a fantasy sleeper, and I'm not a fantasy player, he would be a guy that I'd pay very close attention to because I think he's going to have a big year. That's a good one, and it's deep down the list. ESPN has him ranked the 86th receiver. Late-round flyer, maybe your last pick of the draft, something like that. Cortland Sutton, I got that in my notes, and I appreciate it, Ken Miller. Happy to help. <laughs> hey, safe travels the rest of the way. We will see you here in studio tomorrow. Look forward to it. Thanks, Trent. There's Ken Miller checking in with us in the airport and uh, doing yeoman's work for us. And how about that? A little, well, it's his team that, that helps with the Denver Broncos and Cortland Sutton. I like that one. All right, slot receiver. Now, is Denver going to be able to protect? That offensive line's concerning. They're going to be able to throw, throw it? That case, Keenum will be okay. No, would would you guys be interested in in doing a fantasy segment? You know, we've done that in some past years. Once a week, compile your questions. You know, shoot me a tweet, shoot me an email, even call in. We've done that sometimes too. And uh, a segment once a week. You know, ten, twelve, fifteen minutes where we get a fantasy expert on and answer questions. Let me know. Uh, shoot me a tweet at Trent Condon. That's something that might be interesting to you. Or uh, you can also email me. It's just trentcondit at gmail.com. I don't know if I could if I could twist the arm of Ken. I know I can for Jim because, well, Jim listens to whatever I say. So, But we'll, we'll find some time here during our, our four-hour block of local programming here over noon to 2 or 4 to 6 on, on your drive home. We'll see. If people are interested in that, though, let me know. Trentcondit at gmail.com or on Twitter at Trent Condon. Well, there was Ken Miller, our first guest of the day. We still got... Plenty more here as I'm alone in studio. And coming up in a little bit, we're going to get into baseball and, and more on the Ronald Acuna, Jose Arena uh, spat from last night. It was so disappointing. And, and fantasy aside, as I mentioned to Ken, yes, he is on my fantasy team. So that has something to do with it. But the kid's been ridiculous. He bit of a slow start. Took a while for him even to get called up. Now people were wondering when he was going to get the call. He finally did burst onto the scene. First couple of games, outstanding. And then regressed and, and came back to the pack. And all right, here's a, a young guy before he's even 20 years old trying to figure out major league pitching. But over the last few weeks, the numbers that he has put up, been nothing short of outstanding. You know, people, of course, talk about what he has done with the bat and the power and, and the four home runs in four consecutive days and what what's happened there. But you dig in a little bit deeper and, and look at those numbers. It's not just the power. Now, over the last two weeks, he's 21 of 56, 16 runs scored, eight homers, 16 RBI, three stolen bases, hitting 375. It's over the last 14 days. Over the last week, all Ronald Acuna has done 14 of 29, 12 homers, seven of those eight homers, 13 driven in, and a stolen base batting 483. Let's hope everything's okay. They're saying he is day-to-day after getting plunked. Cat scan came back clean. Good news, certainly there, considered day-to-day. But one of the stars of the game, getting plunked because you're playing well, 
not the way baseball is supposed to be played. We got that coming your way here in just a little bit as we'll break things down and uh, get a deeper look at everything going on in baseball with our man Zach Reimer from Bleacher Report. And, and want to start to dig deeper into the Cardinals. We're very Cubs-centric here. Ken and I understand that the Cubs are, well, they're the team that drive the conversation in this market. But that's not to shortchange the Cardinal fans that are out there, which I know are plentiful. The Twins fans, I know there are other people like me. The Royals, when they're relevant. But many times we get a little bit Cub-heavy. We'll go more deeper into the Cardinals, though. We'll do that with Zach Reimer coming up here in a few minutes. Then at 1 o'clock, college basketball, the continued change. Saw Duke a little bit last night. They're playing exhibition basketball. The three young stars they have on there, Zion Griffin going off. Look, as, as we remember from a year ago, these tours that college basketball teams go on, you never want to go too deep into, into the weeds. I mean, you remember the team that Iowa played last year? Despicable. The, the teams that they were playing over in Germany, I think it was? Yeah, it was Germany. Just awful. Just absolutely dreadful. And there's a guy out there that looked like me. Short, squatty guy out there just pumping up threes. It's like watching me play over at the gym. Just, yeah, that's the kind of guys they were going up against. So you don't want to read too much. It was pretty impressive, though. We'll talk with Rob Doster. College basketball, the continued evolution, the changes, Condoleezza Rice and what she brought to the table, the changes that are happening. Good for the sport. We'll get some perspective on that with Rob Doster. Mitch Holtis will stop by with his training camp report on the Kansas City Chiefs and then a whole lot on the NFL with Vinny Iyer. Come your way at 1.30. That's all in the second hour. One final thing before we hit our break, and I'm going to dig into this a little bit more when I have some time later this afternoon, but the Iowa basketball schedule was released yesterday. And, and for people that have heard me go on this diatribe over the last, oh, well, ever since Fran McCaffrey's been there, year one aside, Fran McCaffrey does not schedule well in my estimation. And this isn't to put anything with the exempt tournaments. I win their exempt tournament this year. They're going out to Madison Square Garden. They get Oregon, then either UConn or Syracuse, all well and good. And flexibility in non-conference scheduling is incredibly important. But the problem that I've continued to have with Fran McCaffrey is not the buy games that he has. Everybody in college basketball has buy games. You have to put that caveat there. Every single team does this, from Duke and Kentucky to Iowa and Iowa State to you and I and Drake and down from there. Everybody plays by games, teams that you pay money to come in, play the game, hopefully you beat them, and you move on. Everybody does that. The problem is Fran McCaffrey schedules the worst of the worst. So the exempt tournament with Oregon and UConn or Syracuse, you know, the ACC Big Ten Challenge with Pitt, there's nothing you can control there. The Iowa State game's locked in for the final year. The Big Four Classic game with you and I, that's locked in. But these other games, it makes no sense to schedule Bryant, who was 3-28 last year. Their RPI, 341. To schedule Alabama State, who comes from the SWAC. If I'm an athletic director or a college administrator on the basketball side, I say, you're not scheduling anybody from the SWAC or the MEAC ever. You know why? Because year after year after year, both of those conferences are at the complete bottom of college basketball. 
And even if you schedule incredibly well, and even if you would substitute, substitute those other games that we talked about, instead of getting pit in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and they got Duke, and instead of playing Oregon, they were playing, who's going to be good this year, Kentucky? I mean, you could schedule incredibly well at the top end, but when you play these bottom-end teams in your bye game, UMKC, UW-Green Bay, Alabama State, 332 RPI, Western Carolina, Savannah State, Bryant, one, two, sure, you're filling your schedule, that makes sense, but that sheer volume of it, it kills your RPI, it hurts your strength of schedule, and it might not matter. Some years it hasn't mattered for Iowa being on the wrong side of the bubble or being in. But you know where it does matter? In terms of seed line. And for Iowa in the two times that they were in the real bracket in the NCAA tournament under Freya McCaffrey, you know what? The difference after you win your opening round game, that they did both those seasons. The difference between having to play Gonzaga, who they were blown out by, or Villanova, who they were blown out by, or playing a four or five seed, it's a huge difference. A huge difference. Seed line matters. Seeding is important. When you schedule this way, you're hurting your program. You're hurting yourself. Maybe not to get in, but looking deeper. Have to do a better job than this. Just have to. You're playing seven games against dreadful competition. You have control over that. I'm not saying go out there and schedule NC State and Duke and Florida. No, 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 no. But your bye games need to make sense. Bring in a mid-level team from the Mid-American Conference. Bring in a mid-level Horizon League squad. And you know what? If you lose that game, you got problems. You got bigger problems than who you're scheduling. These teams hurt Iowa. And on top of it, for the season ticket holders, you got to pay for this. you got to pay for the kangaroos of UMKC and the Phoenix from UW-Green Bay and I think the Hornets from Alabama State and Western Carolina is the Catamounts. Savannah State, I have no idea. Bryant, I think, might be the Bears. Look, I know college sports, I believe, incredibly well. Mascots has always been a thing, but when I'm struggling... What in God's name is Savannah State? The Panthers? Tigers? Jaguars? I have no clue. If I, if I can't name your mascot, they shouldn't be on your schedule. With that, we're due for a break. Coming back, talking some baseball with Zach Reimer next here on 1700. Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's.
Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. In 2014, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge resulted in more than $220 million in donations to ALS charities around the world. The Every Drop Adds Up campaign was created as a way to continue the movement. This year, the ALS Association Iowa chapter has added a new event, Bucket Your Boss, will take place on Monday, August 27th at Cowles Commons in downtown Des Moines. Local companies can nominate a boss to be soaked in the fountain, all while their employees get to watch. To learn more about the event or register, visit alsaiowa.org. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Summer is here, and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction from a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experienced working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online, wolfconstruction.net. Ever try to golf? At night? Friday, August the 17th, you can do just that. The event is called A Shot in the Dark. It's at Willow Creek in West Des Moines. Golfers hit glowing golf balls while the greens and pins are lit up with glow sticks. There's also dinner, bar, and a silent auction, all benefiting Prevent Blindness Iowa, which funds vision screening in our state. Check out this one-of-a-kind event by Googling Prevent Blindness Iowa. Once again, night golf, Friday, August 17th at Willow Creek. Google Prevent Blindness Iowa 
for more details. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. HeartlandFlags.com. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. We continue on here, taking you up until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Then Jimmy B and TC on your drive home from 4 until 6 o'clock. Trent Conan running solo today here in show number one. Also show number two. But the good thing is we got plenty of great guests lined up, including our next guest. You see his work over at BleacherReport.com. He is Zach Reimer, and he joins us here today. Zach, what's a good word? Oh, you know, just another day on the baseball beat. Uh, You know, it's the dream. It is, and uh, it's been an entertaining season. We got some races starting to tighten up. That's good news. The Well, look like the boring American League certainly has a different change, but Day-to-day, there's different beats that happen, and, well, the one that happened last night ignited, I think, not just the baseball world, but the sports world in general, as uh, Jose Arena comes out. First pitch against the leadoff man for Atlanta, Ronald Acuna, who was red-hot, ridiculous numbers over the last couple of weeks, and four consecutive games with home runs. Comes inside, hits him in the elbow. The baseball world ignites. Twitter about exploded. People were fired up last night. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, throughout the entire season, especially recently, there have been few sources of joy, just pure joy, as powerful as Ronald Acuna Jr. Just this amazing, amazing talent who's only 20 years old, had been getting red hot, really seemed like he was you know, really finding his feet as, a, as one of the next great superstars in Major League Baseball. These are the kind of guys that, Everybody gets excited about it. You don't have to be a Braves fan. I mean, even if you're a fan of an enemy team, you can't help but respect the guy. So to see somebody like that wear a 97-mile-per-hour fastball essentially for being too good is infuriating. There's no other word for it. It's infuriating. And I guess if there's a positive takeaway from this, you know, I think we have this natural inclination to just decry, oh, the horrible old-school baseball culture. When is it going to get over this? Well, the reaction to that hit-by-pitch, a few, very, very few exceptions aside, was overwhelmingly negative among, you know, not just fans and writers and, and pundits and broadcasters, but, you know, former players, current players, current managers, current coaches – it really feels like baseball actually has kind of moved past these dark times of, oh, well, you're too good, so I'm going to knock you on your butt. It really feels like baseball has moved, already moved past that and that what Urena did was just, it really was on him specifically and not so much the sport itself. So I guess that is kind of the, the positive takeaway. It's heartening to see that it is overwhelmingly get get declared a stupid and antiquated thing to do. So hopefully we don't see any more of these, and hopefully, you know, none of them. Is there still a spot in the game, though, for pitches inside, going after people, you know, showing somebody up? I I personally don't like when a guy is being for it, but 
is there still a p- place for the players kind of policing their game in their own way, or does that need to be completely taken out of the game in your mind? You know, pitching inside as a strategy, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to defer to Michael Young on this, the great former infielder of the Texas Rangers. Uh, he had a great Twitter thread about this. Uh, I think it was today. Uh, it's kind of nonsense to this notion that if you just throw a guy a fastball inside, the batter will become immediately uncomfortable, and you'll have you'll have set the message. He's just going to dig back right right back in the box. If the count is going to be in his favor because you know that's a ball. And you know he, he's not going to go back in there, so you can look out over the plate. So just as a strategy, it's kind of dumb. Uh, maybe there are some guys out there who can get away with it. You know, they throw one inside, they throw another inside, but they have good enough command to kind of go back in the strike zone and kind of repurpose the at-bat to their advantage. But just I thought that was a really good thread that Michael Young had just as a strategy. It makes no, not a lick of sense. So there's that. You know, speaking kind of in this same vein in pitching and where pitches are and guys hanging out over the plate and what, what can pitchers do anymore if you can't even go inside. You know, I know that thought process out there a whole lot. Uh, just the other day, we saw Ben Zobers for the first time in his career. He was ejected and ejected after saying, well, at the very least a good line, though I'm sure most umpires would disagree, saying after a, a called strike, that's why people want robotic umpires behind the plate. Of the evolution of the game, is that something you're in favor of, that you would be a fan of seeing? The human element to me is still important. Umpires are still important, and they're frustrating moments, and and anybody that's a fan of baseball, a senior team, gets screwed on a call. It it happens all over the place, but is that a direction you'd like to see the game go? Um, I don't necessarily think it's something that I want to see or feel like I need to see. It's something that I'm kind of resigned to that it's going to happen eventually uh, because the technology has been there for what, 10 years now and it's getting refined every year. And we're going to get to a point where there's not going to be like a literal uh, robot behind the plate. You're not going to have like a T 800 back there calling balls and strikes. <laughs> I think what you're, I think what you're probably going to have is the umpire is going to have a little like, you know, a little device on his wrist that shows in the strike zone, and every time a pitch, a pitch crosses the, uh, the strike zone, it'll show him where it is, and then there you go, ball or strike. It's that simple. Um, and I think more than anything, I'm not really curious about how the technology is implemented. I'm more curious about how it's going to change the game. Because in recent years, we, with catchers specifically, we've seen a shift towards away from guys with really strong arms who can control the running game, more towards guys who can receive the ball well and get their pitchers uh, extra strikes, you know, not just within the strike zone, but outside the strike zone. If you take away that ability, if you essentially negate that, where it's no longer an issue how well the catcher receives the ball, well, then you're probably going to see a shift back towards more strong-arm catchers where, once again, the policing of the running game is going to become more important. And if that happens, well, if the running game completely shuts down after that, how does offense evolve from there? And it is kind of this, just this tumbling of dominoes that uh, will change the game in a potentially drastic way. So uh, that's what I'm curious to see. Well, we're fixing the game here with Zach Reimer with Bleacher Report. And well, as we're down this road, got a couple other things then. The pitch, the pitch clock. And we saw Rob Manfred try to implement it this year in Major League Baseball quickly shut down by the Players Association. We have it here in Des Moines with a AAA affiliate of the Cubs, the Iowa Cubs. You see it the first time, it, it kind of impacts you right away. Holy cow, there's there's a clock out there. 
And after an inning or two, you never notice it again. And that was years ago it was implemented at the AAA and minor league level. And it's just now another part of the game that you don't even give it a cursory glance. Everybody knows they get up there, they work quick. Why so much pushback from the Players Association on something that seems so simple and can help the game quicken up the pace? Um, I suspect that it's a lot of it is just the old dogs just don't want to learn new tricks to put put it kind of bluntly. Um, you know, and to to older kind of veterans' defense, I mean, if they have a strategy in mind where a runner gets on base and they want to slow down their tempo in order to mess with that runner and the batter, I mean, that's a legitimate strategy, and it's something that could poten- is potentially very effective, so I don't blame them for being slow to accept it. Uh, but just from a viewing experience, it's, it's, it is frustrating, because we can sit here and talk, oh, you know, replay is slowing the game down, and intentional walks are slowing the game down. No, listen, it really is just the pace in between pitches has gotten painfully slow. Yes. In 2008, it was 21.7 seconds in between pitchers. Now it's 24.1 seconds. That may not sound like a much, but over the course of like several hundreds of pitches, <laughs> that's going to add up. And what you get is just a lot of dawdling. And it's not a pleasant viewing experience. And it goes both uh, ways. And, you know, you know, yes, the, yeah, the, the and, guys need to get up to the box and stay in the box, and the guys need to get the ball and throw the ball. Yeah, and you know, I think the if there's a reason for hope here at the major league level, anyway, is that you know, as time goes on, you're going to get more and more guys from the minors who have come up through the system with the pitch clock. They're already used to it, and so they're probably going to be more amenable to like, yeah, you know, I'm used to the pitch clock. Let's just might as well just implement it at the major league level and speed things up. So it. I, at this point, I don't want to like pin this all on veterans who just don't want anything to do with it, but you get the sense that probably is the, the deciding factor here. All right, one final one, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of baseball as it's currently constructed in 2018. The changing evolution of shifts in baseball. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I know that's that's terrible sports talk radio. I don't have a hot take on that you should only have a certain amount of guys on each side of the field. Where do you sit when you when you look at the people that come up with these different theories and different ideas about what teams should be able to do defensively? No, I'm actually kind of with you, and I, I don't feel strongly about it one way or another in that, okay, I guess I do have a whole thing on this. I, I hate the idea of telling teams that they cannot have their own specific strategies that in many, many cases make a whole lot of sense. Um, but it is also kind of jarring still where your brain is hardwired. Oh, there goes a hot smash to the right side of the infield. That's a base hit. Oh, no, they're in the shift. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And then it'll be like, oh, there goes a, a hot smash toward the left field line. Oh, the, out, the outfielder was shading. It's an out. So it's, it's a weird viewing experience to that extent. And if, you know, if you're a hitter, it, there has to be some part of it that feels like this is, cheap because the second baseman is no longer playing second base he's playing short right field that's not a position the center fielder is no longer playing center field he's playing left center field that's not a position um so i think the way i would sum up my feelings is that i i don't want to out like outright ban the shift but i i'm open to restrictions on it I kind of like the idea if you're an infielder, you have to play on the infield, like on the infield dirt. And if you're a second baseman or if you're a shortstop, 
you have to be playing in those positions, which you know essentially comes down to no more than two infielders on either side of second base. And kind of go from there. So it's something, like I said, it's something that I'm amenable to. If they were to experiment with that and it just is a complete garbage fire, then yeah, don't go there. But right now it does feel like, I, I don't know if I like this is kind of how I would sum it up. I think that's fair. I, I think that's a good way to look at it. And and uh, well, we'll put a cap on what we'd like to change with the game because they're not changing any rules for 2018. We have the game constructed as it currently is. And I want to start down in St. Louis where the Cardinals have now won eight games in a row. It has been a disappointing year up until the last couple of weeks where the squad, Matheny fired, guys up and down. We certainly not, have not seen the emergence of Carlos Martinez. When he gets back now, he's going to be a guy coming out of the bullpen. It has been a difficult season. It looked like it'd be the first time this millennium that they'd be missing the playoffs for the third consecutive year. But they're right on the cusp of the wild card and, and hanging around in that fight to, to be the division winner. When you look at this Cardinals team, is it just as simple as they're playing well, they had a nice stretch, but that's it? Or are you a believer this team's going to be in the mix for the final six weeks? Uh, I think there's a lot of things going on here. I do wonder if the firing of the Matheny, I do wonder if that may have lifted a weight over the rest of the team because, uh, you know, he had that job for, what, seven years, but I think we can all be honest, he was never a good manager. I never got what he brought to the table. Not a good in-game manager. By all accounts, not the best personality manager. So getting him out the door, just like a breath of fresh air, might be behind what's going on. Uh, but beyond that, listen, this is a team that always had good individual pieces, and we're starting to see that kind of come together, especially on offense, where you know they have like an 809 OPS since, since, since the All-Star break. That's pretty good. Uh, and they made some changes to a bullpen that had some, some pretty good individual pieces, but also had some dead weight. They got rid of that, and next thing you know, has a 220 ERA in August. So right now, this is a, the, kind of the culmination of a lot of frustration, where it's just like this team was always better than it showed. And right now they're kind of regressing to their true talent level. Whether or not it's too little too late remains to be seen. It's a tough division, but uh, if nothing else, it's a good springboard into next season. And uh, you got Miles Michaelis that comes over from Japan, and he's got the best, uh, certainly the best mustache in the game. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, you know, there's some pretty good mustaches out there, too. You know, to, I'll give a shout-out to Daniel Magnan. He hasn't been, out, been around for a while, but he had the Raleigh fingers going. But Nice. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> well, from the uh, Cardinals, we go to their division rival and the Cubs. They bounced back yesterday after getting shut out, get the win against the Brewers. This squad has been uh, very uneven, yet they still have the best record in the National League. What's your takeaway of the Cubs right now, and is it just almost a fact after they've been what they've been the last three seasons in the National League Championship Series, almost waiting to hit that fast-forward button and get to October? Yeah, you know, it's I, I've had kind of the same song and dance on the Cubs all season where it's just like this is a legitimately good team that just, you know, at any given moment, if it's not one thing, it's the other thing. You know, if it's an injury, if it's a starting rotation struggling, oh, the bullpen's having a bad week, oh, the offense is slumping right now. It's just been a frustrating situation. And they kind of remind me of uh, the Boston Celtics a few years ago when they had the big three in Ray John Rondo uh, where they would – get out to this really good start, and they would generally play well in the regular season, but then at a certain point they would kind of slump their shoulders and be like, eh, let's just get to the postseason. Then they would come like weeks of just mediocre basketball. That feels like the kind of the Cubs at this point, where they really are just kind of 
let's just get to October and get and go from there. And to their defense and to their credit, this is very much a team that once the October lights are on, absolutely has the talent level and the potential to take off. So if it works in the end, fine. But if, for, for now, it's awfully frustrating to watch. There's no doubt. Uh, one final thing for you as we take a look around the races. Houston, they, they finally broke that long losing streak at home uh, last night with the victory. But how big are the concerns with you in Houston? Uh, from an overall perspective, not that big because they're still just this remarkably talented team. But right now, they've got some they've got some problems. I mean, Altuve's on the DL, Springer's on the DL, the Colors. They have a whole bunch of guys that are on the disabled list right now, and it, it really shows on the field. They're just not at full strength. And this wouldn't be a problem if you know if they had like a struggling Yankees team behind them. But the, both the A's and the Mariners have been playing good baseball, and are better teams now than they were prior to the trade deadline. So. I mean, the only thing to say about the Astros is that they can't really rest on their laurels. they got to give it their all because this division that once seemed to be theirs for the taking really not the case anymore. Uh, either the A's or the Mariners could overtake them at this point. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing to watch unfold. Zach, as always, love talking baseball with you, and I, I think we got the game figured out. Uh, we'll send this podcast over to Rob Manfred, and he can have everything implemented for 2019. Yeah, this was a great talk. A little bit of rambling on my part, but this was a lot of fun. Welcome to my world. We're, we're living the same life. Good <laughs> stuff, Zach. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Zach Reimer from Bleacher Report joining us. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Zach Reimer, with the final six weeks of the baseball season and then into October with the playoffs. We get the break here, coming back on the other side. We'll put a cap on our number one. It's the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon on 1700. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. From the Barrel, Des Moines Whiskey Festival kicks off this year and will be taking place in downtown Des Moines. Ladies, don't miss our Friday night kickoff dinner, Women in Whiskey, featuring a five-course dinner, whiskey pairings, and great entertainment. Women in Whiskey proudly benefits our amazing sponsor, Susan G. Komen. Tickets on sale now at dsmwhiskeyfest.com. At Fidelity, we believe nothing should come between you and your money. So we're introducing zero account fees with zero minimums to open an account. All because we want you to invest with zero trade-offs. Visit fidelity.com slash value to learn more. Zero account minimums and zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Expenses charged by investments such as funds and managed accounts and for commissions, interest charges, or other expenses for transactions may still apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE, SIPC. Good morning, my favorite daughter. Welcome to the Auto Han Ride Chair. I'm your driver, Katherine Hahn. 
If you care for a beverage, just open the Stow and Go storage system and you'll find juice boxes and animal crackers. Mom, not this again. InRide Entertainment is available with the Uconnect Theater. There's games, apps, and all my favorite movies already queued up. Bored! Here at AutoHon, safety is our top concern. That's why we only drive the Chrysler Pacifica. Here we are. I expect a five-star review. The Chrysler Pacifica. Up your van game. Chrysler is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hey golfers, Golf Headquarters 2900 University Clock Tower Square, West Des Moines is having its annual August $500,000 liquidation sale. Golf Headquarters needs room for the new fall merchandise. Title is Pro V1 Reloads, $18.88 a dozen. Cobra Max T Driver, $199.99. Odyssey Pro Putter on Special for $99.99. Golf Headquarters Golf Clothing, all on sale, 20 to 60% off. Golf bags starting at $69.99. Callaway X Irons now $398. Golf Headquarters August Blowout starts now in stock only. But Joy Superlight Golf Shoe on close out for $58. Callaway Heavenwood $139.99. Taylor made golf balls only $14.99 a dozen. Don't forget that Golf Headquarters does launch monitor club fitting and it's free with purchase. Check out their five-star Google fitting reviews. Golf Headquarters 2900 University Clock Tower Square half a million dollar August blowout starts now in stock only. Come early and get the best selection of closeout merchandise. Golf Headquarters August blowout starts now. Call 255-4433 for a fitting time. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. Check out it back with you here. Welcome back as we take you up until 2 o'clock this afternoon. It's the Ken Miller Show. Keeping an eye on Little League Baseball World Series has begun with the opening round. Des Moines Little League squad about an hour away from the first pitch in their matchup. Looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun coming up this afternoon. And we will keep you up to date all throughout the day here on 1700. What the Grandview Little League squad, uh, how their opening game is going. They're taking on a team from New York in game one, the Staten Island Little League team. We've got that covered for you. Coming up next hour, we're going to be talking college basketball. we got Rob Doster stopping in, Vinny Iyer on the NFL, and Mitch Holtis with the Chiefs training camp report all next on 1700. Hey, it's Bill Ryder. Nice to be talking to the home crowd again in central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right than you, 5 to 9 p.m. weekdays on Des Moines Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty is a full-service residential realtor serving all of Central Iowa. She specializes in new construction, relocation, acreages, single-family, and condo townhouse sales. Stephanie Goodhue, a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, along with a member of the National Association of Realtors and the Des Moines Area Association of Realtors. Let Stephanie provide a free market analysis if you're considering selling your home. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty. She will lead you home. You ever wonder what you look like with a full, natural head of hair? Well, find out. Mr. Executive lets you try before you buy. Get real hair again and a lease with options. Mr. Executive offers a 90-day lease for just $200. At the end of 90 days, if you decide to keep your new hair, the initial investment goes toward the purchase price. Look, don't spend any more money on potions and lotions that don't work. Check the latest in hair replacement online at mrexecutive.com or call 274-4049. Mr. Executive, 70th and University in Windsor Heights. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. 
Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu. Made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's. Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Imagine that there's a place where you can have a good time and do good too. At the Blank Park Zoo, you can. There's a whole world of animals to discover, tons of fun things to do, and so many cool things to see. And the whole time you're having fun, you're actually helping animals. How awesome is that? Every trip to the zoo is an adventure and a chance to help threatened wildlife everywhere. Imagine that. Summer is here, and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experience working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online wolfconstruction.net I make my Texas superfood from 55 raw, vine-ripened fruits and vegetables. You can see all 55 on texassuperfood.com All of the nutrients that we need on a daily basis, I lost 60 pounds. I mean, that's huge. Since I've been on superfood, I haven't been sick. I'm Dennis Black. Join us on texassuperfood.com texassuperfood.com Or call 877-55-TEXAS that's 877-55-TEXAS, 877-55-TEXAS. Ladies, let me ask you something. Do you actually believe those commercials that try to sell you perfectly styled hair? I mean, how many stylists do you think it takes to get that model's hair to look like that? Exactly. At Suave, we asked our models in our commercials to wash and style their own hair. Why? To show that Suave actually works. And they were blown away. Suave gave them full, smooth, easy-to-control hair in real life. But don't take my word for it. With Suave's money-back guarantee, try it for yourself. Suave, for hair you can believe. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with